Welcome to the Church on Hill podcast with Tim Severs and Pastor Corey from Palouse Federated Church in Palouse, Washington. We're glad you could join us. It's good to be back with you in the studio, Pastor Corey, uh, here recording yet another edition yes. of the podcast. It, it, it is good to be in the studio. We are sitting at different angles, or you might be sitting semi-near to where you are. So if we yeah, sound yeah. different out there, it's because... We're coming at this... From a different angle. Yeah, the studio was renovated. <laughs> renovated. Not exactly. Not anyway. Anyway, yeah. We're, we're, we're glad to be here. I am. Are you, Tim? I am. Really? Yeah, I am. Good. I, I, a big shout-out to... Who, who am I supposed to give a big shout-out to? I think Joyce Smith uh, told me that oh, she yes. listened to a the podcast. A faithful listener. A faithful listener, and uh, she reads from the New Living Translation, and uh, just a big shout-out to the New Living Translation. Yeah. I also call it the funny Bible. The funny Bible. <laughs> it does, it, it's it's, it's a, a good translation. It is. It's just it's, different than uh, the one that we use traditionally here. But yeah. We use the ESV. But, I like, uh, anyway. You know, I like looking at different versions, though, sometimes, because sometimes the way it's translated gives you just a little different way of thinking about the you, text or yeah. kind of opening your mind to another... It just a word change can, can open up new possibilities sometimes, so... so. Would you believe that I listened to a podcast that mentioned this this morning? I listen to a lot of podcasts, as Tim knows. But uh, the the scholar was talking about that, essentially, in the biblical ancient Hebrew language, not counting place names or names, there were basically 3,000 root words. Oh, wow. In our modern English, there are tens of millions of root words. And so... Part of the difficulty, and, and, and podcast, people are just tuning out of the podcast now. Oh, this is interesting. Okay. So part of the difficulty when you have an ancient language like that is, first of all, knowing those root words in their context. And when you have a uh, an ancient language, many of them were much smaller, okay? If you go back 3,000, 4,000 years in time. So each of the words had different dimensions and meanings depending on context. And sure. you and I are used to, to studying that. And... and Therefore, words are really rich in the ancient language, in the ancient Hebrew or ancient Greek. And that's different than how languages evolved. So some people will ask, well, why do we have to have so many translations? Well, because there's so many word choices. So exactly what you were saying is uh, you can take the NIV or the ESV or the NLT and because they they have slightly different approaches in their uh, their translation process, it's not that they have different meanings, but it's that there's a richness that's mm-hmm. hard to communicate yeah. from one language to another, especially when one language has 3,000 options that have a multi-dimension reality to it, to English that has something like 50 million oh, wow. options. So <clears throat> uh, I, I'm not exactly sure on that number. I know it's in the tens of millions. I know um, um, one, of, one, of my, uh, one of the verses I learned growing up and memorized as do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And uh, I, I had learned, and I think that's a great, that's a great challenging verse for me. Yeah. Uh, and I, I've kept that with me my, my life. But when I got to college, I uh, was introduced to another version of the Bible. And it was translated, uh, instead of that it may benefit those who listen, that it may give grace to those who hear. Uh, Which just kind of is a little different twist, though. On, and then I thought about that, and I was like, "Oh, that's right, right. that my words could, yeah, be gracious towards somebody else." That's a little different than just 
benefiting or helping because out. Because I think the root word there is the, the word charis, which is the word, uh, if I'm re- remembering right, that verse, which is the word for gift and grace and something that's good for others, yeah, charity. Yeah. And so depending on how you take yeah. that, there's so many choices in English which is part of the problem. Yeah. But, you know, there was less choices there, but more dimensions to the word. So, yeah, exactly. So it's not that either translation is wrong. No, uh, it just kind of focuses a little different mm -hmm. angle of it. But, yeah, how rich, how rich is the word of God? Yeah. And we have so much to learn. (laughs) So So thanks to Joyce for bringing, she brings that to... With the New Living Translation. With the New Living Translation, their Bible study. Its goal, for example, is readability. Yeah. And getting the meaning across, not in a literal word-for-word translation. It's not, that's not what it's going for. But keeping the sense of the meaning of the verse, but also having a high value on readability. As opposed to the ESV, the English Standard Version, that it... Its main concern is not readability, meaning it, it it tries to pick out the best literal word-for-word translation as possible, um, and it doesn't want to be impossible to read, but it, it, it wants the reader who may not know Greek or Hebrew to be pretty confident that, that the words I'm reading are very close to the meaning of the original words, right, right. which no translation is trying to lie except the New World Translation, which is another... Religious group altogether. Anyway, uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. What am I saying? I don't know. Okay. okay. So, so the ESV is but, is good for some things, but the ESV, for example, when we get into Psalms, segue yeah. here. Yeah. It's not the most poetic. Definitely because, not. Because of its goals uh, of trying to make literal connections, which is a worthy goal, it loses some of the poetry of, say, mm. the King James version or the New King James yeah. version, or. Um, or the the new living in some of the psalms is is very good and keeps the sense of of the meaning. So, um, when you're reading the psalms in Psalm 139, I know some of you have stepped up to the challenge to read it regularly uh, through the next couple of weeks and the other psalms that are coming in our uh, what are we calling this Psalms Explored or something something like that. Okay, so you're going to read this Psalm 23. Why read it over and over again? In, in, the, in same, the same yeah. version. Consider going to another yeah. version. And that's really easy. Like Super inside easy. of the Bible app, if you're using yeah. that, there's lots of different mm-hmm. translations. And of course, online you can find. There's Bible Hub that will Bible have Hub, it yeah. all at once. And you can, you can go ask to our, your device that, that I don't want to say the name of that you, thing over there. The It'll start. Aleha? Yeah. Yeah, Alexa. Mm-hmm. Oops. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but you. Uh, Sorry. I'm not sure about that. Yeah. You could also use our church library yeah. that has what's called a parallel variety. versions yeah. and, and read the Psalms in, in different versions and, and get a richness from, from the text. Uh, all right, so we, we've been talking about background language kind of stuff and translations. Um, we just want to dive in, I think, today, don't we? Yeah. Okay. Psalm 139, uh, and we're doing... This week, verses 13 to 18. I hate to just rip 13 through 18 out of the whole psalm, but yeah. is that what we want to do, or we want to read the whole psalm? We can read it again. Okay, I'm going to read I, it. I never think it's a bad idea to read scripture, uh, yeah. and to read it out loud, I think, is you know, especially uh, can helpful. Can you fill 10 seconds of air so that I can pull up like the, the New King James? Oh, I'm sure I can fill 10 seconds of air, considering, uh, yeah, all the different... Uh, Things we've talked about, but 
I've been really enjoying uh, so far this study of the okay, Psalms. Okay, that's enough, and, Tim. <laughs> uh, looking, <laughs> did you get it? I got it. No, you can keep going. I just, I'm looking forward to, yeah, and, and this week's section fits in with next week's section. It got me, we were talking earlier, and I kind of, my mind started going to, to next week's too, and and I, I'm really enjoying this particular psalm. So you've you've pulled up another version. I have. And, New uh, King James. New King James version. Yeah. Okay. So well, instead of the ESV, which we use around here a lot, I'm going to read from the New King James Version. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You have hedged me behind and before, and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven... You are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you. But the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. And this begins, uh, this verse now uh, begins our section for this week. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I praise you, I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance, being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! If I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God! Depart from me, therefore, you bloodthirsty men, for they speak against you wickedly. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate them, O Lord, who hate you? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxieties. And see if there is any any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Psalm 139, and um, our focus today is verses 13 through 18, which uh, in the New King James starts with, for you form my inward parts, and and then 
fast forwarding, verse 18 ends with, when I awake, I am still with you. Right, yeah. Yeah. So, um, here we go. Um, Our second week in Psalm 139, one of these psalms that's deeply impacted me. Um, Talked a little bit about that personal meaning to me on Sunday, and I'll, I'll be giving some of that each each week. I don't know if you peppered that into your message, some personal reflection. A wee bit. A wee bit. A yes, wee bit. Not as much as you. No, okay, well. But that's I, okay. I don't usually, that's go, okay. I don't usually preach as long as you do. Not when you're at Bishop not Place. Not when I'm at Bishop Place. Yeah. When I'm preaching here, it's yeah. a whole other story. Yeah, you know? yeah, let it rip. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. That right there in verse uh, 13 was one is one of those words yeah, that we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Uh and it, it it gets translated in King James and New King James is covered and in in English standard version or other versions as uh as knitted mm-hmm. and um the they didn't actually have a word for knitted. Um or we'll see later they didn't actually have a word for in, in the ancient Hebrew, for uh, to to weave, um, mm. but they did have words for things you formed and made with your hands. Yeah, and so some translators are saying, well, this seems to be saying that God uh, put us together with His hands with that word, and but uh, that word also can mean because you cover things with your hands. That word can also mean. Uh, cover cover and so the the new king james if you heard it for you covered me in my mother's right, womb right which sounds very different than you knit me together in my mother's yeah, womb it does yeah it's yeah. different but in the hebrew the, the the sense is the same that god's hands uh not that god has hands i guess the son of god jesus had hands but but that god was involved in our in our making, yeah, personally, yeah. is the point. Yes. Okay. What yeah, do you think about that? that? I think that's awesome. <laughs> it is. <I'm> just, <laughs> Even though I've clouded it with all like, this language they, stuff. I have no yes. idea what Corey's talking about, but this is really awesome. <laughs> Whether you choose the word cover or knit, right, this right. idea that God fashioned us, that he made fashioned, us, yeah, uh, yeah. that he you know, created us, formed us, mm-hmm. uh, any of those words is just amazing and, and wonderful to behold and to think about. And and I, I, I kind of go back to that language earlier in the psalm, you know, that's too high for me to, it's too high. beyond my understanding. Yeah. I can't get that, you know, it's, but it's, yeah. it's wonderful too, that there's this, I don't know, you know, there's something about when, um, when, when you create something with your hands as a, you know, as a person, whether it's pottery or painting or woodworking or anything like that, uh, that's just, um, it's, I, don't, I don't know, there's just something uh, maybe sacred about that. Okay. And, and yeah. so I, I appreciate uh, how the psalmist describes it right here. Yeah, it's just beautiful. Because it's one thing, we've been talking about, this in this psalm, it's one thing to have a concept of God, like last week we said, this concept of God being all present or yeah. all knowing, but it's totally different sense of it or feeling of it to say 
he knows me, me. Yeah. or he's present with me. It's, it's the same thing here. We can say conceptually or have a big idea that God is creator of all things, sure. yeah. maker of all things, but he formed me, yeah. my, my delicate inward parts. You know, He made them. He purposed them. He, he formed them. That I am not without God's touch upon my life and, and my body and my soul. Um, I, that's just, that's deep. Like you said, it's, it's high. We cannot yeah. attain it, to use yeah. Psalm 139's uh, words. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the reaction there from the psalmist is, I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. The right response to thinking about God's personal knitting together of us, our personal making of us is praise, yeah. you know? I, I think sometimes, though, Tim, I know I look at my body or my life, and instead of thinking of it in terms of God at all, I might insult my body, say, oh, why does this hurt? Or why can't I lose five more pounds? Yes. Or You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. I'm pretending like I just need to lose five, but... But you, you know what I mean. Like we, yeah. the, but the psalmist has none of that. He, 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 he's looking and saying, our lives are fashioned by the eternal God, and we should praise God, for we yeah. are fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love that phraseology there, too, you know, about being wonderfully made. And I think you're right. Sometimes we don't look at our bodies and think that it's wonderful and we I mean the temptation in our culture too is to see is to see everything that's wrong right um, and and not that we don't have room for improvement uh, in in our lives but that the way we're made up is pretty spectacular it's pretty amazing it's pretty amazing and we should stop and take time to kind of think about that I mean how so much of what's happening inside I mean we we don't even have to think about it it's just right. happening right. because of our, our, our lungs are processing oxygen and, and working with our heart and pumping blood all the time into yeah. every part of our body. And, uh, you know, our, our, our pancreas is at work, hopefully. Uh, yeah. You know, measuring and dis- dispensing insulin and all that stuff. You know, the, the literal word for inward parts can be translated as literal as kidney. Oh. Now, I don't think any translations do yeah, that, but yeah. it's connected, I think, to the modern Hebrew word for kidney. Hmm. But we don't translate it that way, and not to get boring again on translation, but but the, the scripture is saying God made our parts inside yeah. that make us work. And if you think about how much is inside you, like you're saying, that's working all the time. Even if you're... Even if part of you is disabled, or even if you have a chronic condition, there is. If you're alive, there is more working than not working. working. Yeah, like big time. Yeah. Um, so, and we should think about that. Uh, and we, the way he made us is with a mother. Now we didn't schedule this on purpose, but somehow this ended up on Mother's Day. Yeah, the Holy Spirit, I think, did that, Tim, because I don't think you and I. We- had, no, we did he not. He skillfully about that. wove that together. <laughs> he skillfully yeah, yeah. wove that together because we were not just knit together in some impersonal way, but uh, knit together in the in the womb of a mother. Um, yeah. yeah, that's pretty amazing to think about too, isn't it? Um, yeah, I mean. We should should we leave that to the mothers we to talk should, about? Or? I don't know. I yeah, don't want yeah. to get to but it's, you don't want to talk about that? 
<laughs> I I think you know again it's just a wonder it's beautifully poetic and and truthfully describing what God has done you know that He has formed us that He has um, ordained the way in which that happens you know it it happens inside of our mothers and that whole process is amazing and wonderful in a way. We don't have time to talk about or describe or anything. It's unbelievable. You don't want to um, talk about the birds and the bees? No, I don't want to talk about right. birds and bees and okay. birth and all that all kind right, of stuff. But it's, right. it, but it's a wonderful, amazing process. Yeah. And, and most people do describe it uh, even through the pain and, and some of what's involved as a beautiful thing. You know, I was, um, the, I was thinking of a mother carrying a child as kind of a parallel metaphor for for us, you know, like the baby, the, the baby inside the mother assumes it has freedom. And in a sense, it does. It can kick the mom's kidney or bladder or whatever it does. And yet, who's in control? The, the mother to a degree, right? Um, for, to a large degree um, and can impact the environment of that baby. And and now that's an imperfect metaphor, but we are in God's universe. Mm. And we we surely have our freedom. We can... We can kick and 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 do whatever we want. We think, but really, who's in control? Who you know? Psalm one thirty nine is saying, "You can't escape God. You're always going to be within His universe. He's always going to be the one that put you together, um, and nothing about you is hidden from Him. Even your days were not, are numbered yeah. by Him." Is where our section goes, and and so when we think about this. It should, as you said, it should cause us to say that's sacred. We, yeah. we are precious. So, something that Psalm one thirty nine should do for you as you read it, it should, it should be good for you. Mm. I mean, it makes us glorify God, but it also says God made me precious because God made me. And, yeah, uh, and, you have value to yeah. God. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. Yeah, uh, we can spend our life contemplating. That, that reality. Anyway, we're getting close to the end of our time. It seemed like it really zipped by. It did. We talked too much about ancient Hebrew. Too much Hebrew, about the probably. ancient Hebrew, but it was yeah. interesting. Yeah. For me. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, share, share the podcast with somebody this week. Uh, let us know if you're listening. Maybe we will give you a shout out. We yeah. still haven't offered anybody a, a prize, and people are still telling us I that know, they listen. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. So maybe someone else will tell us they listen this week. Yeah, that'd be fun. I think we have four or five people that have confirmed they listen regularly. Absolutely. Maybe more. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Well, thank you all for listening. This has been Tim and Corey coming to you from our Hilltop studio in the rolling hills of Palouse, Washington. Wishing you a blessed week, and we'll see you next time on the Church on the Hill podcast.